0: وأقول في القرآن ما جاءت به آياته فهو الكريم المنزال وأقول قال الله جل جلاله والمصطفى الهادي ولا أتأول الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم we begin as always by praising Allah, by asking Allah to exalt the mention, grant peace to our Messenger Muhammad وسلم, to his family and his companions. So we're talking about the rights of the husband and the wife, and we spent the last two episodes really looking at the generic way that the rights of husband and wife are kind of set out in Islam and looking at how we should approach. The right of the husband and the right of the wife in Islam How we should be approaching it And the way that we should kind of understand this framework that Islam has set out for us In how the husband and wife deal with one another So now we're going to look at the rights that are equivalent Now it isn't a precise uh, a precise science in, in that extent, to a certain extent in the sense that there are ways you can see certain things to be equivalent there are ways you can see certain things to be slightly different uh, or, or opposite to one another but generally looking at the things in which the scholars say there is equivalence there is complete equivalence between husband and wife the very first one we're going to look at is the statement of Allah Hunna Bil Ma'ruf. This is in Surah An-Nisa, Ayah number 19 And live with them with Ma'roof. So here the command is to the men regarding the women It's to the men regarding uh, the women But this is a right in which the scholars say that there is equivalence both the men and women are commanded to live with each other in ma'roof, bil ma'roof, in goodness So first of all, uh, this is mentioned to the men in relation to the women uh, Like the Prophet Wasallam said, اتقوا الله nisa Have taqwa of Allah with regard to women That is also equivalent, right? Because men also have to have taqwa regarding women, and women also have to have taqwa regarding their husbands. So the Prophet emphasized it with regard to the husband towards his wife. It اللَّهَ hafan Have taqwa of Allah regarding your women. But it's also an equivalent, right? It's uh, the, the the husband has to have taqwa with regard to his wife, and the wife has to have taqwa. Of Allah with regard to the husband. But that's just a separate issue. Here we're going to talk about wa'ashi living together bil So, first of all, let us ask ourselves the question: what is المعْرُوف? We had already heard what Al-Imam al-Sa'di, Taala said about al in terms of Al-Ada, Al-Jariya, uh, that it is the the uh, customs that are ongoing in a particular country in a particular time for a particular husband and a particular wife any for he, him for her you know for for the likes of her and the likes of him that's the word ma'ruf as it relates to customs but what about the word ma'roof as it relates to goodness some of the scholars define it as saying it is kullu qawlin hasanin وَفِعِلٍ جَمِيلٍ وَخُلُقٍ كَامِلٍ It is every good statement And every beautiful action And every perfect mannerism Or perfect character And that is really, really uh, It's really scary in a way Because that Allah commanded men to live with their wives like that and you feel that how do i achieve everything good in speech and everything beautiful in action and everything exemplary in character how do i how do i even try to achieve that but it's that's what allah commanded you to live with them in that state that the way the man treats his wife and some of them said this is the greatest right of the wife over her husband wa'ashiruhunna بِالْمَعْرُوفِ but in reality it is a right that is equivalent Because she also has to live with her husband in that So the husband and wife should be working together And striving together for what? كل قول حسن Every wonderful statement Every wonderful speech Could be, you know, the the beautiful words he says to his wife He tells her he loves her She tells her she loves him Tells her you look beautiful She says you look lovely, you look nice SubhanAllah, beautiful words قول حسن al الْجَمِيلِ and actions which are beautiful, فِعْلَ jamil beautiful actions, really really kind actions could be giving a gift, could be um, the way that he the softness in treating with each in, in the way they treat with each other, it could be smiling at each other, and it could be uh, intimacy with one another. كُلُّ قَوْلٍ حَسَنٍ every beautiful word and every every Every, every good word and every beautiful action and every exemplary character So that exemplary character could be mercy, could be softness, could be gentleness, could be kindness, could be love Every wonderful exemplary characteristic bil بِالْمَعْرُوفِ And that is what Allah commanded the men to, to be towards their wives and we understand that this is a right, which is also a right of the husband over the over the wife, that she lives with him in the best way. So we have on one side, beautiful speech or good speech, beautiful action, exemplary character. On the other side, we have what Imam Saadi said regarding the word ma'roof, which is to live in accordance with the customs of a the particular country and time in which you are and also uh, in accordance with the status of that man and the status of that woman and their position and their what they have available, the resources they have available to them Now it's important to note when it comes to customs of course that customs don't overrule Islam, rather Islam overrules customs so if there's a custom in a particular country which is contrary to Islam and when we talk about nushuls, we might give examples of this where there is a custom which is contrary to islam and brings problems into the marriage then islam comes first but generally speaking the husband lives with the wife with the best of speech the most beautiful actions the most exemplary manners the wife she lives with the husband with the best of speech the most beautiful actions and the most exemplary manners and they live in accordance with the expectations of what is normal around them. Now what that just generally means is, I mean, first of all, if the husband and wife agree on something, there is no issue, because it's right? the rights of the, the servants, there's no issue if they agree on something, if they both don't like a particular custom and they don't wanna follow it, there's no big issue as long as it doesn't fall into that, which is haram. But generally speaking, how should they expect to be with one another? So you look at what is normal, What's normal? What's expected in the country? What's the kind of norms in the time, the country, for that kind of woman, for that kind of man? And that defines whatever is not defined by the Sharia. That's important. That defines whatever is not defined by the Sharia. It's not the case that we put the customs first, as many people do, and that causes huge problems in marriage. They put the customs first, and they put the Islamic stuff second. So they say, my custom says that my wife should... Uh, uncover in front of my brother, for example They say, well, Allah said Bil Ma'ruf, Live with them in the way that is customary But here, the custom contradicts what the Prophet told us and what Allah told us And so here, we're going to say that that custom is invalid and not given any consideration at all Rather, the woman, she has to be more careful around her brother-in-law than she would be around a stranger in the street as the prophet told us that the in-law is death and so we have to be very careful around the in-laws um, in terms of the brother-in-law the sister-in-law uh, and how the relationship is between them There has to be that distance and that covering and the hijab and so on but here we're just talking about how customs could conflict with Islam Islam always comes first but generally speaking what Islam doesn't define we go with what is customary. And customs are important because they help to set basic expectations. Yes, husband and wife may both not like a particular custom and culture, and that's perfectly fine for them to leave it because they're not required to do it. However, it sets some basic expectations. Our next hadith in Bukhari, and Muslim from the hadith of Ibn Umar, عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال أَلَا كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْعُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ فَالْأَمِيرُ الَّذِي عَلَى النَّاسِ رَاعٍ وَهُوَ مسؤول عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ Ibn Umar, he said, the messenger the Prophet ﷺ, he said Indeed, all of you are shepherds i.e. all of you are responsible All of you are shepherds and all of you are responsible for your flock The Amir who is over the people, like the governor or the ruler? Who is over the people is a shepherd and is responsible for his flock. And a man is a shepherd over his family and he is responsible for them. والمرأة راعية على بعلها وولده وهي مسؤولة عنهم. And a woman she is responsible for the house of her husband and his children and she is responsible for them, she's a shepherd and she's responsible for them and a slave is responsible for his owner's wealth or is a shepherd of his owner's wealth and he is responsible for it Indeed all of you are shepherds and all of you are responsible for your flock So here, I could have brought this, to be honest, in the segment of how to how we see the, the role of the husband and wife But I actually wanted to bring it under the topic of al-mumathalah Those things which the husband and wife are equal in In the sense that they are both equal in responsibility Husband has responsibility The wife has responsibility they're not entirely equal in the sense responsibilities are not the same They're not the same But they both have responsibility And it's not the case that one has responsibility And the other one has, let's say, clothing, for example Or one of them has responsibility And the other one has uh, a house provided for them the, the reality is they both have responsibility They both have things that they are Responsible for And it is the case that the husband is responsible The wife is responsible There are some differences in the responsibilities So the husband is responsible for his household For ahli baytihi That means he's responsible For everyone living in his household He's responsible for his wife For his children And so on He is fully responsible for them and he's a shepherd of them, which means that he has a, a degree of authority over them And that he is shepherding them, kind of looking after them, taking care of them And he is مسؤول anhum, so he will be asked يوم القيامة about them Likewise, the woman is responsible So it's not true to say that a woman doesn't have any responsibility or that she doesn't have any Um, Things that she will be asked about Rather she is responsible for the house of her husband That he has provided for her We're going to talk about the provision of the house In a subsequent episode He's responsible for that She's responsible for the house And she's responsible for the children And that is again a beautiful balance in Islam She um, is under her husband's responsibility but she, her children are under her responsibility And her husband's responsibility As a, you know, from, for overall Like in terms of the umbrella responsibility But she is directly responsible for her children Particularly in her husband's absence So here, she's responsible for his house And she's responsible for his children And this is really important Because it actually helps us with other things Like when we talk about women working and things like that and we talk about the fact that whatever she does, uh, being with her husband's permission, not being haram and so on, but it can't be at the expense of the responsibility, the mas'ooliyah that Allah Azzawajal has given to her. That is that she is masul, she is asked, she is mas'oola, bayti ba'liha wa the house of her husband and his children. So responsibilities exist for both husband and wife. They're slightly different. The husband's is slightly more comprehensive because it encompasses the wife and the wife doesn't encompass the husband, but they both have responsibility. Um, And so some of the scholars mentioned this on the area of where there is equivalence because they both have responsibility. It's not like one one has responsibility, the other one has a house and clothing and food provided rather they both have responsibility but the responsibilities are slightly and somewhat different because the husband's is overall for the entire household and the wife's is a subset of that for his house as in his property which includes his money and we've spoken about that previously in terms of a hadith about the you know that he feels safe when he leaves his wife he feels safe about her and about the money and his property that he's left with her. So she's responsible for his property that is under her care and she is also responsible for his children that are under her care. And the children are gonna be within her responsibility and she's like a shepherd to them. So she's telling them what to do, she's responsible for them. And that's a nice balance actually because it it tells you that beautiful balance between obedience to the mother and the wife's obedience to the husband and how those two balance each other out because that boy or that young man who is his wife, is he's a shepherd for his wife his mother is a shepherd for him so there is a balance there in terms of, of gender as well a balance in terms of a man obeying his mother and his father of course and a, a, a woman obeying a husband and the balance that is within that system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for us, so here responsibilities are something that both have and shepherding uh, others are responsibilities that both husband and wife have equally even though there is a degree of difference in the area of responsibility. Allah said وقل المؤمنات يغضدن من أبصارهن فروجهن ولا يبدين زينتهن إلا ما ظهر منها على جيوبهن ولا يبدين زينتهن إلا عز و جل, he said, "say to the believing men to lower their gaze and protect their chastity that is more pure for them and Allah is all aware of what they do and say to the believing women to lower their gaze and to protect their chastity and not to show their adornment except that which is apparent from it and let them draw their uh, their covering over or let them draw their, their head covering over their chests and let them not show their adornment except to their husbands and to the end of the eye, their husband, their father and to the end of the eye. here the equivalence is in guarding the chastity and lowering the gaze. And that is an obligation upon the husband and an obligation upon the wife that each is satisfied with the other, فحسب, and that's it. Nothing more than that. Neither of them seeks to go beyond the limits that Allah Jal set, Whoever seeks anything beyond that, whether it be uh, zina, whether it be some of the other uh, fawahish uh, immoralities and evil things that people do or uh, people watch and people do, all of these things are mawara adalik. they're outside of what Allah has legislated so Allah has legislated that the husband is satisfied with his wife and lowers his gaze except from her and that she is satisfied with her husband and she lowers her gaze except from him. And that is one of the major uh, purposes of the marriage that we had spoken about. That the husband lowers his gaze and that the wife lowers her gaze. And we would spoken about the hadith, That whoever of you young men is able to get married, let him marry because that is going to help him to lower his gaze and protect his chastity. And that is something which is an equivalent. There is equivalence in the marriage. The woman lowers her gaze except for her husband and protects her chastity except for her husband. And the husband lowers his gaze except for his wife and protects her chastity except for his wife and that is as we said one of the major purposes of the marriage to prevent and protect the two from a zina and from another ila al muharram looking at haram and as we said this can we can take zina as one aspect of it but we, subhanallah, even when we talk about looking at haram that's so common in these days that the husband hasn't taken on the responsibility that he's not going to look at the haram he's got married he's got a wife he's not going to look at the haram and the wife hasn't taken on the responsibility that when she's got married, she's not going to look at the haram. And that is a big problem in our time. We ask Allah for his pardon. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us safe from those things. So this is a right which, in which there is equivalence. Lowering the gaze and protecting the chastity. We're also going to cover a hadith narrated by al-Bukhari and Muslim from al-Mughirah ibn Shu'bah. Qala qala Sa'd ibn Ubadah law ra'aytu that Sa'id ibn Ubadah he said If I saw a man with my wife عنه, I would strike him with the sword and I wouldn't let that man go I would have struck him with my sword And I wouldn't have let that man go أَتَعْجَبُونَ مِنْ سَعْدٍ فَوَاللَّهِ أَغْيَرُ مِنْهُ وَاللَّهُ أَغْيَرُ مِنِّي The Prophet said Are you surprised by the ghayrah of Sa'd? By the protective jealousy of Sa'd? He said that if I saw a man with my wife I would take my sword and I would go for him and not let him go I would strike him and I wouldn't let him go. The Prophet said, are you amazed by the protective jealousy of Sa'ad? By Allah, I am more protectively jealous than him and Allah is more protectively jealous than me. The Prophet said, because of the ghayrah of Allah The ghaira of Allah Allah made all immorality haram Whatever is apparent and whatever is hidden And there is no human being, there is nobody Who has more ghaira than Allah More ghayrah than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So this uh, here So this here in terms of a person refers to a ghayrah Which we might translate to be protective jealousy As for Allah Jal. Then of course, uh, when we apply things to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we apply it in a way that is befitting to His majesty and His perfection, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet explained the ghairah of Allah, that Allah made haram, all immorality, what is apparent from it and what is hidden. And there is no one who is more protective of any the 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 limits and more hating of immorality and and evil doing than Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. So here, uh, the, the reason I brought this hadith is that one of the things in which there is equivalence in is ghayrah, is that both the husband and wife should be protective over one another, in a way that is in accordance with the law of Allah it Shouldn't be a protective jealousy that leads to suspicion, because Allah Azzawajal told us, يَا الَّذِينَ إِنَّ بَعْضَ Or you believe, keep away from a lot of guessing and suspicion, because indeed some suspicion is sinful. So it shouldn't be the kind of suspicion that is sinful. But protective jealousy, looking after each other and wanting each other to be far away from al-fawahish, from the muharramat, from the filthy acts and immoral acts, and a man taking care that his wife is covered properly, and a wife taking care that her husband is not uh, involved in something that would take away from his honor. All of this is from the ghaira that the husband and wife are supposed to have for one another. And we know the Prophet ﷺ, he said about Aisha radiallahu anha, your mother has had ghaira. your mother has had ghaira when Aisha uh, she hit one of the wives of the Prophet, ﷺ sent a plate of food, and Aisha, she hit it on the floor and she broke the plate. So, this is something that the husband and wife are both required to have for one another within the limits set by Allah. When it goes outside of the limits, like when the plate broke, then the Prophet ﷺ took Aisha's plate and replaced the plate with the broken one. But generally speaking, it doesn't within the limits, the husband and wife are required to, do, to have that. And I remember one of my teachers, may Allah جل, preserve him, protect him. I remember him saying that the protective jealousy that a wife has for her husband saves him from so many fitan, so many trials and tribulations, so many problems the husband is saved from because of that, so many muharramat and fahisha he would have fallen into if it wasn't for Allah and then the Ghayra of his wife. That she says, who are you talking to? Don't, don't, don't get involved with that person. Don't, don't answer that question. Don't, you know, and that is what saves him from so many fitan, from so many fitan. And likewise her. He keeps an eye on the way that she covers and the way that she interacts with people, but it doesn't reach a level that goes into the haram because Ghayra can go over the limit set by Allah Jal. and in that case, it is not permissible and it has to be brought back into the limits that are set by Allah like suspicion and uh, when it reaches the level of suspicion in some suspicion is sinful or when it reaches the level of accusations without right or when it reaches the level of stopping someone from what Allah has made permissible for them then this is all uh, outside of what we're talking about the ghaira that is praiseworthy and the ghaira that is something The last right that we're going to talk about, in which there is some degree of mumathara, some degree of equivalence, is the rights relating to uh, the decisions over breastfeeding the children. And this is something some of the scholars mentioned in this, and I'm not going to go into it in too much detail because it's not very common in our time that we give our children to be fed by uh, someone else. It's usually the case that the mother is the one who uh, feeds the child. Uh, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said, Allah said, Fain Arada, Fisalan and Tarabim Min Huma, Watasha Wurin, Fala Junaha Alehima, Wain Aradum and Testardi U Aulada Fala Junaha Alekum Iasalem atum Bilma Ruf, Wat اللَّهُ Wa and Allah said in the ayah, and if you wish to cease. The feeding of your children, i.e., to wean your children. The fisal, you want to wean them, to stop them on the from, from the breast milk and to start them on, on food. minhumah <inaudible> that the two, the husband and the wife, are both in agreement of that. Wata <inaudible> and they both consult each other. <inaudible> There's no harm in them weaning the child if the husband and wife both agree and both consult each other and if you want to give your children to someone else to breastfeed then there is no harm if you give them them an amount of money in that which is ma'roof that which is good and that which is customary and have taqwa of Allah and Allah is all seeing of what you do so here it's just a simple point that when it comes to the matters of the feeding of the child and the weaning of the child there is a degree of equivalence here that there is a degree of there has to be a taradi between the husband and the wife, and between uh, there has to be a consultation between them in the matter of uh, weaning the child and the matters relating to feeding the child or giving the child to someone else uh, to feed. And this is something which is, as we said, it's not as common in our time that we have to deal with some of these issues, but perhaps the issue of weaning. Is one that we can give as an example when the child is weaned, whether it is two full years or whether it is less than that, that is a matter that is has there has to be a consultation between the husband and wife, and there has to be a mutual agreement between the husband and wife in that regard. So that brings us to the end of this episode where well, we talked about some of the rights in which there is a great amount of equivalence or a lot of equivalence. And inshallah ta'ala, we're going to go on in the next episode to talk about the rights in which there is a degree of them being opposite to one another, one in exchange for another. Uh, and inshallah ta'ala, that's going to come up in the next episode. And Allah Azzawajal knows best. Was was salam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala Ali wa sahbihi ajma'i. Assalamu alaikum. If you're enjoying these videos and you'd like to keep up to date with all of the courses we're going to be running, make sure you head over to amauathome.com.